Well, hello again. <laughs> As always, thanks for tuning in, folks. PCC Sustain Me is jazzed to have joined forces with The Bridge, Portland Community College's student newspaper. This means there will be a weekly column online for your eyeballs to enjoy with the weekly episodes. Isn't that nice? And we are super duper stoked to be working in partnership with Gypsum, the Greater Portland Sustainability Education Network as well. You can connect and access the program via gpsen.org too. Now the podcast has multiple cozy places to call home. (laughs) Okay, well, back to the program we go. From Portland Community College, this is PCC Sustain Me. I'm Joe Colhane, and today's episode, I'll be talking with Venus Barnes and learning about her and the awesome food justice cohort she helped create. Boom, boom, darkness falls, headlights in the afternoon. Venus Barnes has a pretty unique story when it comes to her relationship with both higher education and with PCC as well. She is a former student and presently is a learning garden coordinator at the Sylvania campus while working in the Environmental Center as well with a great number of students. Her position is actually in partnership with AmeriCorps. Social and environmental justice are deep passions of hers and food and housing insecurity are things she's working to address and advocating for more support around as they have and still directly affect her as well. In fact, this conversation is from just before the winter break and when I was talking with her uh, the other day, she shared some of the strong concerns she had around the government shutdown, uh, specifically how that was going to affect everyone in the nation receiving food support as that money was about to stop flowing at the end of January. Well, the record-breaking shutdown finally ended, as you know, and I'd rather not spend any time trying to open that can of worms at the moment. Before I get into the conversation I did have with Venus, though, I would like to acknowledge that this program is being recorded on the traditional village sites of the Multnomah, Kathlamit, Clackamas, Bands of the Chinook, Tualatin Kalapuya, Molala, and many other tribes who made their homes along the Columbia River. Multnomah is a band of Chinooks that lived in this area. We thank the descendants of these tribes for being the original stewards and protectors of these lands since time immemorial. We also acknowledge that Portland, Oregon has the ninth largest urban Native American population in the U.S., with over 380 federally recognized tribes represented in the urban Portland metropolitan area. We also acknowledge the systemic policies of genocide, relocation, and assimilation that still impact many indigenous Native American families today. We are honored by the collective work of many Native nations, leaders, and families who are demonstrating resilience, resistance, revitalization, healing, and creativity. We are honored to be guests upon these lands. Thank you, and thanks also to our colleagues at the Portland State University Indigenous Nations Studies Program for crafting this acknowledgement. 
Well, I've had the pleasure of working with Venus out in the learning garden, cooking up pizzas in that awesome cob oven down there, and have over time spoken at some length with her about food and housing insecurity and how food justice is an issue that needs to be addressed really here at PCC and all across the nation even more than it has so far. Venus had also shared some of her background with me about her relationship with PCC, and I thought it was pretty relevant to the work she's doing now with the Food Justice Cohort. So we're just going to start back, you know, a little bit in time and jump into the talk I had with Venus as she was so kind to share how she got from there to here. So, yeah, when I was a student here at PCC Sylvania, um, I lived in Milwaukee, single mom, and I went to school about three-quarter time, and school was my main focus. Uh, At the time, my youngest was three. No, that's a lie. My youngest was five. (laughs) And um, we got a rent increase of $300. And we had 30 days to decide whether or not um, we can make that or we had to be evicted. And so I quit school and I went ahead and figured out, um, you know, how to navigate the, the, you know, real life systems that I faced. And um, before I quit school, uh, to back up a little bit, I was working with Peter Ritson in the Environmental Center. As work study student, that's right. Uh, so, I did my three quarter time classes, and then I did ten hours a week for work study, and um, that wasn't enough hours, obviously, to make up that three hundred dollar rent increase. And so, um, yes, deciding to quit school and figuring out um, what to do at that point um, was a big challenge. I never really thought PCC was an option to come with my my uh, real life problems and say hey uh, I just became housing insecure and now coupled with uh, food insecurity it's going to be a challenge to be a student here Um, so that's why I left and sort of disappeared for two years and um, Peter had like given me the idea to possibly join this this group called AmeriCorps under Confluence and then I found out like how much they um, were paid and it was not <laughs> not nearly enough um, that was realistic to my needs at the time and so uh, there was a nice idea um, but still wasn't able to access that that program and go to school and so yes I disappeared for two years and um, out of the blue, Peter called me up and was like, Hey, Venus, what are you doing with your life? And I had great news. I had, um, had a lot of challenges and a lot of, um, barriers that I had, you know, hurtled over and, um, found myself in a CNA program where I ended up getting a great job. And at the same time, uh, finishing up my clinicals and being offered this job, I got into housing. So everything, like all the moons were aligned. It just was like everything was happening. 
um, to my advantage. And then I had Peter call me out of the blue. So I had great news to tell him. And then he's like, yeah, I'm so glad everything's going well for you. Uh, I think you should join AmeriCorps. <laughs> and um, I, I uh, came back to Sylvania and it was a little nostalgic. I was like, oh, it we, feels so good. Yeah, will you backtrack? Oh, it's all right. Uh, we backtrack with the um, Peter and the work study and what he was doing here at the school and what you were doing. Yeah, here. so um, when I was a student here and I did work study, I did a lot of outreach. Um, you, so you would see me in the CC building sitting at a table trying to talk students into getting excited about the environment, uh, different sort of social issues that were going on either locally or nationally. Um, I was just really excited about, you know, sharing environmental issues with students. And then I would also promote the learning garden, which I would talk folks into going down on the learning garden and then introduce them to <laughs> the garden coordinator. So I would participate in some of the parties, but I didn't really know anything about gardening. Um, I just like to do like the fun activities inside the CC mall, which I would like bring soil up to, you know, the CC mall. I bring um, students over to the table and talk them into like making seed bombs when it's, you know, midterms or finals week. And I just wanted students to, to kind of de-stress in that way. So I would do different things like that as far as tabling and interacting with our students here. Cool. Thank you. And then, okay, so let's jump to today. Yeah. And you're here. You've been here for two years. This is your third year. This is, this is, this will be my second. Oh, second. My year. second year, yes. Okay. And then you're in the food, uh, our environmental center. And yeah. And doing a lot of work in the garden. Mm -hmm. But the food justice cohort and all of that is what I'm really excited about. And you and I were just leading the illumination yeah. project which um, I don't know if you want to share any details from your uh, help with Loba maybe in that. Sure, yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, so um, after Peter uh, contacted me and I looked into AmeriCorps, um, I was able to do AmeriCorps because I was in housing. It wasn't going to interrupt my um, subsidies and the benefits I did receive. So I was privileged in that way. And um, this is my second year here. Um, focusing on food justice. So getting the fresh veggies from the garden to the food pantry um, is one idea to help um, curb student challenges around food insecurities, but it's not, it's sort of like a Band-Aid. It's not a, a system changer, and that's really what I'm focusing on is systems. Um, I decided I needed to, like, duplicate myself which means I um, talked to all the resource center program managers or the directors there and asked them if they were interested in having a food justice champion in that center so that I don't have to be in two places at once. And so that champion just really um, sits down with students and talk, talks to them about um, one, food justice and systems that they're under and how to access food just being a student. And one of the things is sort of accessing SNAP, which is a, a program um, that can be challenging, but um, some rules have changed for, for our students here. 
and I really just want to get the word out as far as um, students knowing that there are some possibilities that are working together to help students, you know, navigate their educational journey. And also PCC has really um, recognized that housing and food insecurities has been one of the main barriers and challenges for our students. So um, the directors were really supportive in that in that way of like handing over a student um, with their time and their and the 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 center's budget like the multicultures um, it's part of their budget so um, just handing over a student that they would potentially need um, and partner with this idea for food insecurities. Do you mind elaborating on that? So yeah. you, you said centers, and you just mentioned the multicultural center. Do you right. mind talking about all the different centers that you're working with yeah. specifically? So um, that's just a little better understood. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important because your systems view and then integrating all of these different right. identity-based centers is really that social justice framework with mm -hmm. food that ties all this together with yeah. sustainability. And yeah, absolutely. So... Um, multiplying myself I said where do I need to be I need to be everywhere and so um all these centers that we have here at PCC that would be the Women's Resource Center um the Multicultural Center the QRC the Queer Center you know and um the Veterans Center and of course ASPCC which is the student government um for Sylvania um all of these centers they they sort of um, have a targeted group. So they don't do a lot of cross-pollinating, although I think they would like to work together. And I just thought how great it would be to get one person out of each one of those centers so that we could do our own cross-pollinating with this idea of a system that we sort of feel like we have a, the least amount of power. Um, and how do I empower these students? And so... Um, Yes, each one of those centers uh, signed off and thought it was relevant for um, one person to at least focus on food justice and, and the communities that they're you know, sort of helping as, as students navigate PCC. So does that answer your question? It does. Um, and then, and then maybe just touching on that a little more, you... Your uh, AmeriCorps position yeah. ends at the end of this year. Right. So what you're kind of yeah. hoping with the multiplication of yourself yeah. is also to build a legacy program or something that mm -hmm. like sustains itself. Ongoing. Absolutely, yes. So what would be in your um, wildest dreams, yeah. the most <laughs> radical imagining, like you're done with this position? My, my, my hopes and yeah. dreams, yes, yes. So um, I did approach uh, our cohort, our, so our cohort, our cohort does have eight individuals. Four of those individuals are um, the ones that are sort of mainly on the floor. They're doing tabling and event planning. The other folks are sort of in the background, but still um, maintaining the food pantry, which is a whole nother, you know, piece to that. So the, f the four, um, is that four centers? Well, including myself. Um, we have decided to go move forward with the idea that I will not be here. And so really supporting these students on collaborating with each other. So being that support piece and um, encouraging them to work together 
on their own so that um, they build something for when I'm not here. They know how to do it. They know how to communicate and, and um, feel comfortable with sort of that cross-pollinating idea of working together. And that's the idea, too, is that students that may not go into the Veterans Center, let's say, you know, I'm, I'm, I always go in the Women's Resource Center. Um, if we were out there collaborating together, that um, students would see the idea of, you know, all these centers working together and that this food justice is a is not just a women's resource problem or just a veterans um, problem. It's all of our problems. So that's the idea behind it, that uh, students that are new to PCC will see these centers working together collaboratively and sort of, you know, making a change that way. So our dining services is internal. Yes. It's a system that we have some sort of agency power to change. Mm -hmm. I think most people are in agreement that it needs to change and improve. Yeah. Do you have any suggestions, ideas? Yeah. So. Dreams. Um, I mean, in a perfect world, um, PCC could see the students need affordable, culturally appropriate food in. Um, the cafeteria, period. And that, um, you know, health and nutrition would be number one on the forefront, not just fried stuff. And and, and Diane does a really good job, I feel, um, getting organic local pieces in the cafeteria. Um, and that includes the beef and chicken and things like that. Uh, but it's still not affordable. I mean, even if it is 50 cents, that's just, that could be a lot of money for some of our students who maybe may homeless, you know, the ones that are most impacted. Mm. It's a tough reality to realize that some of my fellow students are literally homeless. And it's been shown that we have over 60% of students who have reported food insecurity at some point. And the national data shows nearly 50% of students experience this at some point while in school as well. That is rough to reckon with. And we need to figure it out and figure out how to improve this situation post-haste. I really appreciate Venus and the hard work she's done at PCC. And I know her time here through the two-year AmeriCorps uh, partnership is ending at the end of this academic year. So I was curious if she was, well, hoping to stick around or if um, she had other goals and a desire to go elsewhere and find some work. And well, here's what she had to say. Yeah, well, I always feel I always say PCC feels like home. Um, goals, I I don't really set goals for myself because then they set me up for like disappointment. <laughs> I beat myself up enough, so I I set myself for systems. Um, this is one of the systems I'd like to change in my life is the um, financial piece to to my family. Um, that's a uh, a system I don't like to be in, being the uh, less fortunate is what you would say. Um, you know, like uh, depending on subsidies and, and government programs. So uh, I have an innovative mind. I, I don't feel like I want to be locked into an idea that I may not you know something might happen because of whatever reasons because of 
my own intersections of oppression. So I don't, I don't want to be locked in the idea of where I want to be, but I definitely want to be useful in um, where I'm at. And so there's um, a nonprofit organization called Resolutions Northwest that I've taken uh, quite fond of. Um, the work they do is racial um, interactions of like interrupting that those systems itself so that's one avenue I'm interested in I'm interested in obviously food justice and and uh, students needs and so I'm on the um, advisory board for DHS to you know root for our students and getting the information to the state of Oregon um, I don't know there's all kinds of things I'm interested in I'm also interested in so many of the things Venus was talking about, especially interrupting systems of oppression. And um, Venus mentioned earlier um, the many intersecting areas that are important to address from a systems view when it comes to oppression. And I was interested to hear more about the intersections of the oppression that Venus experiences. And while it is not a question I recommend many or any white folks just, you know, going out and asking uh, a person of color. Venus and I have discussed this topic before, and I got a little vulnerable in asking for the sake of this program if she would elaborate on her lived experience a bit for... You know, others listening here as a valuable opportunity uh, for a learning lesson as to what it can be like to walk in another's shoes uh, dealing with these intersections just for a bit of perspective. Thank you for that question. Um, yes, so I grew up here in Portland, Oregon, right? And um, if you have anyone move here from any other state, they would say, wow, Portland's really, really white. <laughs> and me, being a woman of color, um, I know this. <laughs> and so uh, I've known it all my life, and, and it's something that I never really thought about, okay? And so I never really looked at systems that I am in navigating this this very white city. And so when I say, when I mention... Um, the intersections of my oppressions, I am a woman, I identify as a woman, and I'm a woman of color. So I always navigate areas that I'm in or the spaces that I'm in with the understanding of the, the dominant narrative of white supremacy culture. So when I say, you know, a white supremacy this, white supremacy that, um, I'm talking about systems that are in place that I navigate very differently than um, maybe other women and women who identifies as white or um, you know just and I and I have privilege too you know there's things in my identity that I have um, I'm, I'm an able-bodied person and um, I uh, have lighter skin so there's even that in, within my own um, culture and um, but then not dismiss the, the real reality of um, white supremacy culture, especially here in, in Portland. I, I do run the risk of maybe having a, a light out and being pulled over and experiencing 
the police in a very different way than maybe my coworker who is a white man or or anyone else that's not POC, people of color. So does that answer your question a little bit? It's it's depressing, but it, it is the reality. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Especially coming from a, a person who checked box for so many of the dominant cultures. Yeah. By navigating through the world is different than you. Absolutely, right. And in the current systems. And, uh, you know, what you're doing with the food justice cohort is an awesome example of trying to uproot those systems by incorporating and building um, solidarity into the movement on a foundational level. Yep. And that's awesome. And so I, I'm glad you mentioned that. And it, th- I think that's an important piece that I, I guess I take advantage of my personality in that way. Um, and I, and I forget to mention this. So when I was a student, um, I don't, I didn't have family and so I didn't have a lot of support. So I, I, I found myself in the multicultural center first because I'm a person of color and, um, they gave me what I needed at the time that I needed it. And then I stumbled into the women's resource center, right? Because I'm a woman of the intersection. And I'm, they gave me what I needed to, but I felt like I wanted more. And I said, well, what are these other centers? And so I just went into the, the veterans center and they're like, are you a vet? I was like, no, I'm not a vet, but what do you got? And so I ended up in all of these centers of all these different intersections. And I noticed that these centers do focus on a community, but I never want, I couldn't pinpoint why they didn't work together because we have all of these you know different intersections or oppressions that we navigate very differently but similarly as well so that's that was the mindset of going into how am I going to develop this cohort yeah I'm bringing them together and 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 I was kind of a unique student that went to all the centers because you kind of get into your center and then that's your little pocket and you don't leave your pocket. But I, I, I have wild legs, I guess. I don't, I, think. I can't be put in one spot. <laughs> Venus Barnes, folks. I'm a big fan. I'm continually inspired by the work she is doing at PCC and for the greater Portland community. I also really appreciate her willingness to talk about white supremacy in a way that I found very accessible. I can only speak for myself, of course, but it can be hard to acknowledge the foundational, institutionalized systems of oppression that are deeply embedded in the American storyline. And it is a simple truth in this day and age that if we are not actively working towards dismantling these systems of oppression, we are complicit in the perpetuation of them. I, of course, am speaking largely and specifically to the white male presenting folks here in the U.S. of A. who have it far better off than basically everyone else. I am really grateful to have had the opportunity to sit with Venus Barnes and share some of our conversation with you. I want to give a quick shout out to Peter Ritson, whose name you heard once or twice on this episode, as he has been holding down the E-Center, that is, the Environmental Center at PCC Sylvania Campus for many years now, and has done a really great job of supporting sustainability, racial equity, and a sense of justice for all students at PCC as well. 
Alrighty. Well, thank you as always for tuning in, folks. And big thanks to my darling wife, Rachel Robinson, for the intro and outro music. Oh, and I'm pretty darn jazzed to inform you that the upcoming Gypsum Sustainability Symposium that will be hosted at PCC Cascade Campus will have a live performance by Rachel Robinson during the reception, which I'm super stoked about. The symposium is March 8th, so there's still time to register and attend. Okay, well, this episode was recorded, edited, and produced by me, Joe Colhane, and I once again thank you kindly for tuning in. As you may be aware, it has come high time for us to get vulnerable, reckon with the mess we've got ourselves in, learn to forgive, and of course, (laughs) we've got to love them all, folks. Every last one you meet. Thank you.